Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hada, and I'd like to welcome, all the way from the YYC, my co-host for the day, Mrs. Miss, sorry, Mia. Oh, snap. <laughs> Mia Claus, right? Claus. Woo! Yeah. All right. You got it. <laughs> and we are pleased to welcome the best comedian in Red Deer, Zachary Landry. <laughs> I just what up? It. What's going on, guys? Oh, not too much, man. Just enjoying quarantine. Yeah. How about you, Mia? Honestly, the same. Just uh, staying low key and causing trouble. Yeah. Nice. Well, is that not like two opposites right there? <laughs> I <low> suppose. <laughs> Although you seem like you've been pretty busy there with your uh, your little workshop. Um, Whatever oh, skit you've been working on? You know, the workbench. Uh, yeah, the workbench. You, you've been keeping busy, I see. Yeah, that's uh, that came, that's a happen because, well, basically when, you know, everything got shut down, people, no one's doing comedy or anything anymore, stand-up at least. And I just started with seeing these videos of stand-ups doing, like, comedy, doing stand-up in their living room and having their wives just, like, film them and live-stream it. And it's like, that is the worst. <laughs> fucking thing you could ever put anyone through like it's not it's not stand-up at that point anymore mm-hmm. so i spent basically like the first two weeks uh cleaning up my apartment until i had nothing left to do and i just realized like it was it was the social distancing stick one that whole video started everything where i just went out for like groceries one night and Etna, when everyone was like really on edge and just like well i wish i had a broom handle with me so i could fucking swat some people but <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of my bubble. But, yeah, legit. But what I realized, it, it was fun because that's the stage that I'm just currently using at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good yeah. So for uh, the folks at home that don't know what you're talking about, and also me, uh, can you explain oh. that a little bit more? <laughs> I miss that. Mia, do you want to t- take that? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so Josh has let me know pretty last minute about uh who we were talking to so i did some digging Oops. real quick uh just to see what your kind of comedy was i don't know if you've ever performed at meeting waters in red deer because i worked there and they did stand-up comedy like open mic night so i wasn't sure if you mm-hmm. were ever there so within oh, yeah. looking into that yeah just checking that out and then i found your youtube channel where you have these workbench skits and i was like <laughs> this is awesome so that was one of my questions was how you've been keeping busy during this and i think i found the answer so it's just these yeah, little that, skits on YouTube. <laughs> that that's been what, but the that's the 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 other side of that is they're the lowest minimum effort possible, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where like a lot of people, you know, when they they do really high production YouTube stuff, or they try to, and they write a script and all this stuff, and I, I just it, it's like almost like improv where I have a loose idea of what I want to say, and I just run around my apartment, I get some stuff that I can use, and then it's just one take <laughs> uploaded directly from the phone. So <laughs> I, Because I, I, I honestly, like, I'm not a fan of really social media in particular, or, you know, mm-hmm. the internet. So <laughs> it's, it, but now I kind of get forced to use it, but I want to just put as little effort into it as possible while still making something that's funny awesome very productive yeah. well, well let's back it up and like when did you get your start in 
in stand-up comedy? That would have been uh, four years. So it'll be four years in July. So wow. it was, that was uh, the first show. Would have been at Heritage Lane on their weekly, weekly thing. And it started like uh, when I first moved to Red Deer. I'm originally from Prince Edward Island. I moved out to Red Deer and Kenny versus Benny were playing at Bose. And I didn't know anyone in town. So I grabbed a ticket and I just showed up there by myself had a decent seat and was watching the show, but they had some local openers and stand up was something that I had always wanted to try, but there was never anywhere that was, that it was accessible to me. So watching the show and this is like the, the arrogance that I think everyone kind of needs to, to at least try stand up is I'm watching these openers. I was like, Oh, well I can do that as opposed <laughs> to, because you, you watch some like the like really great stand up and you go, Okay, I, I can't do that. But just seeing like local guys, you know, I'd never seen open micers before is what the issue was. So you go, Oh, okay, well they're just learning too. They're trying. So I talked to one guy there after the show and then it took me still another nine months before I actually <laughs> got the courage to go up and do it. But it was basically yeah, no every yeah, but since then it, it was I, I was just hooked because I used to play in bands in uh, a band, and then when the band broke up, I never felt comfortable playing music by myself, and never really found the right group of people to jam with after that. So stand up really helped fill that creative void where it's like, oh, okay, I just do all of it. Yeah, that is, that is funny that you say that because you're seeing like I don't know about your guys's Instagram, but mine just blows up with this band's going live like constantly, but you're right. It's mm -hmm. not really something you can do. I mean, you can do it as a comedian, but you guys kind of feed off the audience, right? So it just kind of be awkward. Yeah. Part, I would think. Well, that's it because stand up, it's a feedback loop where I'm going to give you something. And if you don't like it, I'm going to adjust yeah. until we, until we, you know, you and the audience kind of get on the same groove or you get them on your groove. Okay. So once people kind and of sometimes there's it, just no groove. <laughs> no, exactly, and that's fine too. Because mm -hmm. honestly, the best shows are the ones that are sometimes the ones where you bomb. So, like, Zachary, um, I think the last time, I don't know if it was, I think I've seen you before, but last time was uh, maybe you remember this show is Jesse Rhodes was doing a benefit that was going on Shaw Spotlight, and they just kind of shoehorned you in as a comedian. Oh, and God, I just yeah. felt like the crowd was, well, there wasn't much of a crowd to begin with. And then they just, they weren't like in the mood for a comedian. So it was just like, oh, no, yep. no, <laughs> but you seem to but, be having a good time no matter what. But <laughs> And that's it, because it, it's, it took a long time to figure out that it's, it's me who has to adjust my expectations for the situation. Okay. Because especially in that situation, yeah, no one had any idea there was a comedian. There wasn't even an announcement that I was going on stage. They said, just walk up there and do some jokes. You know, oh, oh, <laughs> they did not set you up for success. No, it's, it's almost like me walking into like a, like a walking clinic waiting room and just, hey, folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like, I'm sick, man. <laughs> Leave me alone. So did your did your set make the final cut? I don't don't remember. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you didn't. <bother> checking <laughs> didn't, it out. 
No, I, 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 I don't really pay attention to things after they're done. <laughs> yeah, fair. You know. It's like that mini blackout that you get, and you're like, did that happen? Huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, it happened. I was there. I was <laughs> there. <laughs> Whether I want to remember it or not. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. no. But, you know, it, it, you know, it would have been... It was a, it was fun. I always appreciate the opportunities, but I, I try when I can have a say in something and recommend people not do stand up. It's like yeah, it's not necessary right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, or or even with other comedians, you know, trying to set up shows and stuff, and they they give you the rundown. And you go, uh, just no, don't don't do it like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what's the what's the Red Deer comedy scene like? Aside well, from b- bigger names coming through. Um, yeah. Well, we had the uh, last year was the the first time that they handed out an award for comedian of the year with like the the Red Red Deer Entertainment Award stuff there. Oh no way! And, That's super cool. Yeah, and and I was fortunate enough to be the one who won it. And in, in my acceptance speech, I said that the, the Red Deer comedy scene is kind of like keeping a, a fire lit in a rainstorm. <laughs> you just don't know if it's going to be there if you walk away from it. So mm-hmm. that's why for like three years straight, I showed up to the bowling alley every Sunday, whether I was on the show or not. Because it's like, I, you know, if someone doesn't show up, maybe they'll need you to, to step in. Or I used to do like bounce between Edmonton and Calgary, you know, three, four times uh, a week when, when I, you could really get committed to it and then you get burnt out. So it was learning that, that kind of balancing act. So I, I said that uh, at, at the award ceremony that it feels like keeping a fire lit during a rainstorm. And then the next day, the advocate printed a, a list of all the winners of awards and they left out comedy. So, Oh no. <laughs> I left, well, no, but it was so funny. Cause I was like, I, I nailed it. Yeah. You literally, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, that's yeah, that's it. So there's, uh, it, it was, and it was really starting to pick up steam in one way. Cause, uh, Bradley Layden, uh, he's running long shot comedy. He was really, He's setting up shows just outside of Red Deer. Like he was doing them in, in Penhold, Innisfail, and he just started doing them in Sylvan Lake. And that, you know, he's setting up a, a little promising network of, of activity. And then, you know, everything's on pause now. So mm-hmm. the groundwork is at least taken care of for when we can resume. But other than that, the best part about the Red Deer comedy scene is being in between Edmonton and Calgary. So I come from a musical background as well, and one of the the cool things to do is uh, when a when a bigger band comes through, sometimes you get the call to open. Is that something that's that happens for you local comics as well, or is that yeah they bring their own guys? Uh, it depends on the situation. It's been a, a mix and match kind of deal. It really depends on who's putting on the show and stuff like that. Like there was the the New Year's Eve event at Bose, which Chris Gordon was the headliner. He's a dude from Calgary and. North Kidway used to be Calgary comedian was from Toronto and they had uh, Brad Muse there as well. 
And I just, I grabbed the tickets because I just want, I had no plan. So I went and checked it out. And so I'm sitting at the bar eating and Boyle comes up and he goes, uh, yeah, do you want to like do like five minutes and intro the host? <laughs> like, oh, hey, cool. Oh, shit. You know? And so it, it's just always being ready to say yes to a situation. And then you kind of, you know, figure it out afterwards. That's cool. You didn't even but, have time to be nervous then if it was just kind of thrown at you. No, and that that's a, another thing too, where it's just like you, you eventually develop enough confidence in, in yourself that like, like you need to go up there and tell jokes. And what a lot of new people will do is they'll ask jokes because they might not believe it to be funny themselves. Hmm. Okay, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. How's the? Do you get out to lots of comedy scenes in Calgary, there, Mia? Uh, not so much, actually. I, it was typically like live bands and stuff. I hadn't done it until I moved up to Red Deer for school, um, so I thought it was really cool that they did that. Of course, there were times I found that the, uh, the Red Deer comedy scene was very uh, specific. <laughs> uh, <laughs> May be caused to offend a lot of people <laughs> but that was kind of the coolest thing about the place that it was hosted it was, it was pretty open and like people who came they were just kind of ready for it They're like you know what yeah. it could bomb it could not but like mm-hmm. we're all here and we're all gonna be very uncomfortable for about two hours <laughs> that's it like uh when, when were you working at meeting waters uh that was um i think just last year or no the year before that yeah, because we, okay. we ended up leaving school sometime in May, so, yeah. Right, fair enough. Uh, did you, were you there for the show, the, the the lady who was driving across the country on a motorcycle? I think so. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. And, <laughs> it was, like, packed. It was a bunch of, like, middle-aged white women just hanging out, drinking yeah. wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was be coffee. Yeah, that yeah, was one of the hollering. funniest shows I have ever seen. <laughs> I think all I remember was one guy, his whole shtick was to ask your name and then he'd repeat it back to you. And that was, that was the whole thing. <laughs> okay. That might've been a different show. Cause I think that was me. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no I do that shit all the time. <laughs> it <was> like... <laughs> okay. Now you got to elaborate. No. Oh, it's just like, sometimes like we, Went up to the comic strip at the West Edmonton Mall to do a show. And sometimes, like, if you try to force material on people, it's not going to work, right? And, and so if you have a, a room, like, you got to know how to be funny for 150 people and how to be funny for one person. Yeah. It, it, there's two different approaches to it, right? So mm-hmm. we were amped up to, you know, the, the show was you know, supposed to be pretty bumping. We get to do a club show in the middle of the week, and it's like, okay, sick. So we drive up there, and there's 15 people in the audience. They almost canceled the show. And, but, you know, a few more people roll in, and, like, they're all just spread out around. And every comedian went up, and they're trying to, they're trying to perform to 150 people, but there's only 15. So it, uh-huh. it, nothing's landing. It's just, like, the, it, was hor- it was horrific. So I got up there and I just started asking people their names. And it's just, you just, it's only 15 people. 
So you learn their names and you just introduce everyone to each other. <laughs> and you just go back and that's all that it is. And you go, all right, now that everyone knows each other, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just well, picturing uh, Rob Schneider and those old Saturday Night Live. Just playing on everyone's names. Ashley making copies, the Ashmeister. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or this one time, uh, Buddy and I, we, we got booked to do a Christmas party. He, you know, and he's like, okay, we're going to do a, here's, here's the rundown. It's a half hour each uncensored so you just go balls to the walls with whatever you need to do and so okay cool so in about that time i really only had about a half hour of material so it carries the whole gamut of like you know here's jokes about my mom to like some horrific shit at the end and <laughs> and I, I showed up before him to this and i look in the room and it's like there's just like a table of these women in their 70s and, and I mean, and I see the booker. I'm looking around. I'm going, yeah. So you want mostly like clean material tonight? He's like, oh yeah, definitely, man. I was like, no. <laughs> oh no, no. It was good because then I had to come up with something because I knew I had at least 15 minutes of material clean stuff yeah. for the end. So if I could get through the first 15 and then just end strong, we'd be good. And, and and it got down to there was just the front row there, and I just asked every single person what their name was, and then I would try and spell it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, and like, way to know your audience. Yeah, but like by the time I got to the seventh person, there was this lady in the back. She's like, "Oh, not another one." <laughs> but by the end of the night, we're all walking around, you know, introducing ourselves to each other. So people are coming up to me. They're like, hey, man, my name is Brian. B-R-I-A-N. <laughs> <laughs> so it became the, the running gag for the rest of their Christmas party. Well, hey, it worked. It's memorable. So Yeah. Like, and, and that's it. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take much. It just takes something. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So... Uh, you talk about working clean and everything, but on the exact opposite end of the spectrum, do you think there's anything that is untouchable, or do you think it's only no. funny? Anything no. fair game? It, it, it's that's the best part about it is people tell me I love I love when people say you can't joke about this, you can't joke about that, you can't joke about that, and you go, all right, I'll see you in three months. You come back and you joke about that, <laughs> right? And, and 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 you and you make it work. Because people go, oh, you can't make rape jokes. And I go down to Calgary. So I've got like one rape joke. And I get off stage and people are like, that was the best rape joke I've ever heard. Which is a weird (laughs) sentence. (laughs) 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 Right? (laughs) But like, it's also people say you can't say the N-word. So what you do, you go up to a room in Edmonton and you say it in, in, in a room full of people. But you make it relatable enough so that it's funny that's all it is i think that's the important part is like if it's clever you put some thought behind it there's like work around it it's not just straight up this like exactly because because one of the biggest issues is lazy writing Mm -hmm. because people think that they're just a badass for stepping on stage and saying these words in front of strangers so they're not really aware that there's no intent 
behind it besides making mm-hmm. like pumping themselves up. Yeah. By going, I did that. And it's like, yeah, and you failed. So no, that's the that's the well, it's the challenge which is which is fun. I see I see this all make, the, online all the time this statement and I've never actually asked a comedian so I'll ask you cuz I I'm not sure if I agree with it but it's always you got to be punching up, you know? You, have you heard that? If you're making a joke, yeah. you got to be punching up. And do you agree um, with that or you think yeah, it's, anything I, goes? Well, the the way that I look at it because people people will say, you know, you you cross the line or whatever, right? And so if you had the line there and there's people below the line and there's people above the line, the way I view comedy is the line, you bring people who are below the line, you bring them up to it and people who are above the line, you bring it down. So everyone is equal. Nice. Everyone's fair yeah. game. <laughs> you treat everyone the same and, yeah. and people don't like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> You know, the idea that I was thinking of is people don't actually want equality because if everyone's equal, who are you going to compare yourself to to make yourself feel better? Oh, damn. I didn't realize we're going to get political here. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's, not, that's not political. That's more, <laughs> no, it's more philosophical. Yeah. No, but totally. You're right. <laughs> you know? So my be- I, I, I love language. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I appreciate comedy but stand-up specifically so much because you get to really understand how language can be used mm-hmm. and and you can understand how it can be used to hurt people but also to make them laugh so hard that they vomit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's beautiful it's art right there well, it's something <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree with you that is if it's like hack and lazy then like if you get up there and make a, I identify as a attack helicopter joke. Like that's yeah, that's just yeah, weak, yeah. weak sauce across the board, if you ask me. But that, that's exactly it, right? So and yeah, it, it's I don't even know, man. But what it is, it is it is lazy and, and that stuff. But what a lot of other people, okay, so people who've never done stand up, yeah, it's easy, it's easy to critique. Yeah. But people who are learning. Everyone learns at their own pace, and point, uh, unfortunately, some people never get past a certain point because they think they're already doing it uh, the best way possible. Oh. It, it kind of blows because it's like, ah, oh, man, like you could get great if you, yeah, if you just, if you wrote a better joke or you re- re-examine an idea or anything like that. Saying as a comedian, if you're watching a, another comedian, does are you like disappointed if you predict the punchline? Like you're like, oh man. Uh, yes, and, yes, and no. Like it, it, it depends on the situation, you know. Because it, it's either I'm, I'm watching you go, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you can kind of see how it, it's coming together. So actually, yeah, probably, yeah. More, more, more times than not, yeah. If you predict the punchline, it's like, yeah. Or is it? And like it doesn't mean you're in it's the not, cold it <laughs> No, I don't know. It, it's just you know you understand thought patterns. Right. right, and and the misdirection, right? It's kind of like if a magician watching another magician do a trick, right? He probably has an idea of how it's done, so it's coming up with a way that other magicians can watch and go, "How the fuck did he do that?" <laughs> <laughs> Talked about the the Jesse Roadshow. What's the the worst time you bombed? 
All right, so I did like, I did mushrooms and went down to Yuck Yucks Calgary for uh, (laughs) (laughs) a roast battle. There's actually a video online entitled Worst Bomb in History. Oh, no. Uh, And it completely blanked on stage, and it is one of the funniest things that has ever happened. (laughs) Because it's like cringeworthy beyond all doubt. But like any, and then what we did was we owned it because I, I was roasting like my my good buddy Greg Plett, who's my favorite comedian in Red Deer, and quite possibly the most offensive comedian I, that I've ever seen, <laughs> which is hilarious. And and we were on stage, and I didn't tell anyone what I had done. So when I got up there on stage, I started peeking real hard in front of there was maybe there was 150 people there that night. And it was horrific. <laughs> but I just didn't say anything. I had notes. I had everything written down. And just... Bop. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg was freaking out. Because I had told him every single joke that I had wrote for him on the way down. And he go, we get off stage and he goes, I was prepared for anything that you were going to say. But what I wasn't prepared for was for you to say nothing. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you should you should check it out. Like it is it is a, a horrific watch. But then oh, we, for we sure. Post, and we posted it to, to you know we all shared it. We go if anyone can top this, we'll give you 150 bucks. <laughs> for for, for worse yeah, bomb. Yeah, own it, dude. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. And so then, like, all my friends back on the East Coast, they saw it. And when I went home for Christmas, like, my buddy's girlfriend, she's like, I have to ask, what was up? Because, like, they've seen me perform live before. And they're like, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) I go, I I was on mushrooms. And they go, oh, my God, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the mystery. So is that something that you've, is that the only time you've tried that method? The mushroom uh, method, or has it worked before? A, cu- a couple of open mics in town, but you know that's not the the go to. <laughs> you know, that's, it's not that's your pre gig routine. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a little like I want to step up my game, so I just gotta get uncomfortable on stage again. Because nice, you, you yeah, for get, sure. You do get complacent in your own abilities, mm-hmm. and what I find is that's when. When things become too easy or like you know this joke works is when you you stop caring about this situation and you just Mm kind of go on autopilot. Yeah, I feel like people can tell when that happens too sometimes. Yeah, you know, like there's a lot of of folks who they just have their script. Mm -hmm. And they they go out and do the script. But the, the issue with the script is what if it doesn't work? Like the, the, I didn't do it, boy. Once he's played, and no one laughs anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I remember I saw Cheech and Chong live, and they were like yep. rec- recreating scenes from uh, Up and Smoke. And yep. All these fucking morons just kept like yelling out the punchlines, and it was. I'm like, I yeah. paid like fucking a hundred bucks to see this. I want to see Cheech and Chong do it, not you, fucking that, morons. That was it. We all like, know what Tom, they're gonna say. Yeah, uh, when Tom Green came to Bose. Like he was doing his thing, and but like we just kept yelling out, "Pretty got fingered, pretty got you know," and and, and other bum, bum. shit that he did. 
And so, like, he was, like, halfway through a joke or something, and he just said, all right, screw it. What do you want to hear me say? And they fucking... He, they, they just shout shit out, then he'd ramble off the lines. He did that for five minutes. He's like, all right, bye, folks. Uh, <laughs> so he ended. And, like, you could tell that, like, he was a little rattled. Damn. You know? Oh, Tom Green. So, yeah. he's on, he was on top of the comedy world when I was, like, 13. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to see how, we'll say, you know, elevated professionals handle when situations don't go the way that they're used to them going Mm -hmm. and that's what i think i enjoy the most about red deer is like it is kind of a shit show as far as comedy is concerned (laughs) that's a really good point yeah yeah (laughs) like because there's nothing funnier than comedy in the back of a bowling alley Mm -hmm. where like you hear Strikes going off in the background. You hear the drinks being made. The crowd doesn't even know like why they're there. And, it's just, <laughs> and if you can get them to laugh with all that other nonsense going on around, you can go like it, it makes everything else easier. Mm-hmm. So and and you see the reverse happen, where if someone only ever performs in a club, a club is the ideal situation for stand up. So it's like its own little box that it lives in. And when you take someone out of that box and then you throw them into a shit situation, they, they get rattled because they don't know how to adjust. <laughs> Sorry, I love talking is my, what I, what I see. <laughs> so, so you're dying a little bit on the inside, not being able to get up no, and embarrass actually, yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's, dude, I find other ways to do that. <laughs> like coming on podcast. I, I don't. Well, not. This is nothing. <laughs> this is this is enjoyable. You know, it, yeah, we, we failed. We didn't make it awkward for him. Well, you can try. <laughs> Have you had a All Louis right, C.K. moment? Yeah, <laughs> a, a Louis C.K. moment. Uh no, I don't think I've ever sold out like Madison Square Garden or anything like that. I was thinking yeah, more of the. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you were thinking. I know what you were thinking. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I can't believe I, I have. I definitely uh, there was uh, there was definitely one time. Okay, this, this is a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> no, it's just shit. Like, cause, like if you if you have the a hot set on a show and it's the hottest set, even if you're not the headliner, people notice that, right? Mm-hmm. So there, then you know people are talking to you after the show, and like some situations, I'm just like oblivious, or I'm hanging out with friends, and so like chicks would come up to you, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you should do something sometime. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be bothered. Sorry. So there's been missed opportunities. Fair I'm enough. sure, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes the missed opportunities can remain missed. <laughs> yeah, true that, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's worth missing. So do you have any rituals before you go on, aside from the occasional uh, thylobin experience? <laughs> uh, I used to... There's a song about Black Milk called Every Day Was. He's like a rapper from Detroit, and it's just... I like it because my life was completely different, so it's nice to 
just hear someone else's real experience. So I just memorized that song and I would run through it um, while on deck just to uh, kind of vocal exercise and like get, get the brain on track. But I was closing out a show one night and I had to use the washroom right before. So I ran to the washroom real quick and like as I was washing my hands, I heard them call my name. So I didn't have a chance to do it. So I just ran up on stage, did it, and it did the show and everything went better than expected. So I realized I didn't need it anymore. Because once again, that, that, that became something that I didn't realize that I was relying on. Crutch. Yeah. You know. So who, who's some of the, the best comedians out there right now that everyone should be enjoying? Don't say like Bill Burr or someone easy. <laughs> no, uh, Chad Daniels is good. He's got a bunch of stuff on Spotify. And what I like about it is a lot of it is about like his kids, but like from a young age to now they're teenagers. So you can like hear his family growing up in, in through from, you know, uh, they're not special. So there's recordings or whatever, his CDs from CD to CD. Uh, so Chad Daniels, uh, definitely super dope to check out. Um, if you've never seen, uh, do you want living or dead? <laughs> Just funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, Patrice O'Neill. Do you know Patrice O'Neill? Yeah. I've yeah. Seen him on, uh, yeah. He was on some of those roasts. He's yeah, 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 exactly. Mia, do you know Patrice O'Neill? I don't know. No, you should check out Elephant in the Room. It's just right on YouTube there if you get a chance. Sweet. If you're into watching I got a up. list going. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. That, that's it. one I would highly recommend. And I'm not, I don't pay attention to anything on Netflix, so I have no idea. Yeah, fair. But outside of that, that those. Chad Daniels, you know, and Patrice O'Neill. He, you know, as far as good laughs are concerned, if I can think of anything else before. What about locally? Me. Locally, Red Deer wise, it, it's it, you can. We could put on like one good show if you get like the five guys who are really into it. And and uh, and one one gal. We've got one gal who, who's who's a baller. So, so do you consider you, like the like those girls that are that do the dirty show? Is that comedy or is that separate? Is that like no musical, musical comedy? Okay, so you guys never do stuff together. There's been shows where like they they've closed out shows at the lanes. I think they had some stand ups open with them. That I know they're pretty active with Bullskit as well. Okay. So do you do any of that? The... Are, you, are you not an actor? No. Well, it's it's just improv, right? I shouldn't say it's just improv, but it's improv. And so from time to time, they'll do a show where they actually get like a like just a comedian to come do five minutes for their audience. That's like their late show, where they recreate like a newscast. So they, oh, cool. they have their their stand up segment. So I've been a part in that, and I actually did a couple of their intro to improv classes. It's fantastic. And it's it's developed taking skills from other, you know, performing arts and figuring out how to apply it to stand up, you know, because there's a lot of very transferable skills even from something as simple as public speaking. If you don't know how to hold a microphone and you're not comfortable looking like an idiot, well, 
I've been doing it my whole life, man. Thirty-four years. Exactly right. <laughs> so it should, it should it should translate well to the stage. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. A lot of booze, though. I haven't tried mushrooms on stage. That's that's next. <laughs> there yeah. you go. If I'm ever allowed back up there. Oh my God. Yeah, right. Show, that, that's kind of life. that's kind of the thing right now. Is I, I've re- actually really enjoyed the, this downtime. You know what? Um, I have too. And, I found I'm getting so much shit done. Yeah, <laughs> and so it, it's like when you know when things do half-ass get back to normal, I at least know that there's nothing else to concern me. You know, this has been. But I, I was joking with friends before this, you know, a few months ago, probably January or so. I said, my my only problem with life right now is it doesn't end. Like, I just want to hit pause on this bitch. And then this happens. And you're like, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big old pause. Yeah. Like, Bruce okay, Almighty well. over here. <laughs> Dude, it's like, but then it was laughing. It was like, I'm, I, I can relate to COVID because. I like just drop kicking people out of their reality. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you really, you didn't think this could happen? <laughs> well then. Well, Mia, do you got any uh, anything else on your show notes to ask, Mister Mister Landry? One yeah, very we'll... very important question. Okay, what do you got? All right. Are there rivals in the comedy world, especially in Central Alberta? <laughs> Is there someone that just like rubs you the wrong way? Name names. Um, <laughs> dogs, dogs, dogs. There, well, what I've recently come to the conclusion is, is I don't actually want a career in comedy because what I find with people who have that desire to be a full-time comedian is it limits their creative ability to be funny because now they need people to like them or they're not getting booked. Mm-hmm. So if I can just do comedy, I got, I, I've got a day job that I, re- I thoroughly enjoy. And it allots me a lot of time as well to do stand-up when it's going. So if I don't have to impress anyone, then I can just do me and let what I do speak for itself. Because unfortunately, awesome. I find the entertainment industry... It, it's a cocksuck, and I, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, that's what it is. Is is people? You're either sucking cock, rubbing clits, whatever it is you may be doing, <laughs> oh to, to to elevate yourself beyond what you actually bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to. I, I I got wrapped up in that a little bit. Trying, you're, you're trying to impress people, right? Yeah. And you're not performing for yourself at that point. You're not performing for the audience at that point. You're performing for people who are going to use you in some way. And I just don't want to be used. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective on that. That's really cool. Yeah, so but I'm also not going to hold anything against anyone for how they want to approach it. Mm-hmm. It's just not my way of going about it. Very so, cool, right on. Yeah, but, you know. There's clicks for sure, right? <laughs> and they, they all they're really doing is helping themselves out, right? And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that because if you if you want to have a go at it, you want to make sure that you're surrounded by people who can help you achieve your goals. 
Totally. Right. Cool, man. Well, we ended it on a pretty noble note there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Any, any final remarks for the the dozens and dozens of uh, listeners? No, man. Just oh, be the shit that you want to have. Be the shit you want to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, profound. I'll get it tattooed on my body just under be better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only thing that, I, that like, this whole quarantine stuff. It's just like, man, because it's a good time for, for self-improvement. And just not only that, but examining yourself and being fair mm-hmm. with yourself. Totally. So, yeah. So that was, we were having a, my roommate and I were having a, little bonfire the other night and that's that was the conclusion i came to <laughs> lots of reflection i'm sure well don't worry i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> all right man thanks for coming on thanks mia for the the co-host hopefully it yeah, wasn't too good. unbearable but, uh, oh no thanks, thanks guys yeah the first thing i'm gonna do is uh youtube his his bomb on stage. yeah the, the bomb <laughs> right oh link I will share it on all social media platforms. Yeah, that'll be the ad for it. <laughs> oh, if you if, if you don't mind sharing my the, the workbench shit either, yeah, that'd be dope. Okay, totally, I'll, yeah. I'll share I, something good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's good, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. You. We'll have to have some beers Thanks. once this all clears up, or else we'll have it yeah. socially distant. In the Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast. There's new issues of the zine every month, and podcasts like this posted sporadically because we're fucking idiots. Until next time, stay 